Amen. Someone shout amen. God is good. Whew. Father, we thank you tonight. We thank you for your presence. It's always, it's always, your presence is always. It's always, it's ongoing. It's everywhere we are, everywhere we go, your presence. We thank you for it tonight. Thank you, Father, that your anointing is in the house. It's on your word. It's on me to deliver the word. And it's on the hearers to receive the word. Lord, we thank you tonight. We're not just hearers, but we're doers. We're not deceived. We don't fool ourselves. We're doers of the word. And we receive everything that you intend for us to receive. We give you the praise in Jesus' name, right? Amen and amen. Glory to God. Well, God is good. It's good to be in the house. You know, this is a building, but it's the house of God because the Bible says the house is the church, which is his body. And, um, and, and we're the church of Jesus Christ, and wherever we are, that's where the house is, right? So we gather together and we connect as we, as we come together. And so, so grateful for that tonight. So grateful for the house of God. We're, we're building his kingdom on the earth. He's building his church. We'll say it again. We're, we're building his kingdom in the earth. He's building his church. And he will only build his church with kingdom-minded people. You, you, can't, you, you can't build something a certain way if you don't have the correct materials. So we're the materials that he's building his church with, but our responsibility is make sure that the word makes us those right materials. So, we're in our f- summer faith series, are we not? <clears throat> and um, last two messages have been entitled Perseverance. And we're going to continue to touch that a little bit, but the title of my message tonight is Rest. Rest. And um, if you're taking notes... Write down this quote and meditate on it. Faith isn't a rush, it's a rest. Faith isn't a rush, it's a rest. I'm going to say it one more time. Think about it. Meditate on this. And take it with you tonight. Faith isn't a rush. It's a rest. Now, um, what's, what's really important tonight is that, and, and all summer long, in, in our summer faith series, except for the month of um, July, we're doing something where you're going to pick the messages. It's doing a series in July entitled, You Ask For It. So, if you don't ask for it, you won't get it, right? But uh, the rest of this summer, we're going to teach on faith. And um, we've been, next month we will have been doing this in this place, in this church, in in this city, not this actual place all these years, but in the city for 29 years. And um, we've taught a lot on faith. But in the last several years, in some things that just my wife and I personally have gone through, God has taught me some things about faith that I thought I knew, but I didn't know them like I need to know them. There are things that you think you know, but you don't know them like you need to know them. And so, all summer, if you're not here, you, you, you miss them on Wednesday or Sunday, you miss these messages, make sure 
to go to the website and download them. They're free. They don't cost you a dime. Go to the website and download or listen to these messages because there's something about a word in season that will do something in your life. So tonight, the title of this Summer Faith Series message is Rest. That's the title, Rest. So, <clears throat> tonight I'm going to do something a little different. I don't usually do this, but I actually have a number of notes and, and, and I'm going to read a lot of what I've written down. Um, we've been talking out of two foundational scriptures, Matthew 10 and Galatians 6. So let's just look at that real quick. Matthew 10 and Galatians 6. Matthew 10 and verse 22, the last part of the verse, says this. But he who endures to the end will be saved. The word saved there is more than just being born again. The word saved there means to be saved and healed, to set, be set free, delivered. Those who endure to the end will be liberated and free of anything that tries to bind you up. I don't care what it is in a financial way, in a physical way, in an emotional way. I don't care what it is. If you endure, if you don't quit, you will reap. Galatians 6 says it even stronger. <clears throat> and verse 9. He said, And let us not grow weary while we're doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. The Amplified, I like the way it says it here. It says... At the appointed season, or in, in due time and at the appointed season, we will reap if we do not loosen and relax our courage and faint. So in other words, if we don't quit. But notice, anytime God says, don't do something, what does that mean? You're going to be tempted to do it. See, to not be weary, I promise you, if he's telling you not to be weary, then you're going to be tempted to be weary. But don't. But we will. But don't. But we will. Everybody, I don't care who you are, I don't care how long you've been saved, I don't care how impressive you appear to be, everybody is tempted to quit. Everybody. Doesn't mean we have to, but we all are. In uh, <clears throat> Old Testament, in the book of Habakkuk, Habakkuk, Habarakup, something like that. In uh, I was I was in Israel not too long ago, and somebody said that they they said it, but they said it in a way that I have never that that just it it startled me. I said, "What did you say, Habakkuk?" Something, I don't know, it was, it was in tongues, I don't, I'm not sure. <clears throat> it was Habakkuk in tongues. <clears throat> but it says in the second chapter and the second verse, And the Lord answered me and he said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it, for the vision is yet for an appointed time. There's that appointed time. But at the end... The vision will speak, and it will not lie, and though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come, and it will not tarry. It'll tarry, but it won't tarry. But the vision won't speak until the end. Now, I want, I want you to think about a number of things here, but one is this. Why write the vision? Why write it down? If you read those two verses, two and three, it talks about potentially things taking a long time. I don't know about you, but 
when I'm trying to remember something, if I don't write it down, if I don't put it in my notes or whatever of some form or another, if I don't make a note of it, I have the tendency to forget, right? He said, he said, write the vision and make it plain. So I want you to think about this as we go through the rest of this message tonight about the importance of writing the vision down. Now, there's all types of vision. All of us at different times, don't feel pressured if you don't feel like that your personal vision is clear today. Uh, you can make a vision up, but if the vision isn't from God, it won't, it won't work. You want vision from God, and we're talking about that through what we go through and what we experience on a day-to-day basis. The reason that faith isn't enough to overcome in life is that you have to learn how to persevere through the difficult times. Because if you don't persevere, you quit. And if you quit, you don't reap. We just got through reading that. But the Bible's full of this. It's full of it. Now, I want you to look at an interesting verse in Psalm 105. Psalm 105 and verse um, 17. Psalm 105 is talking about God's covenant with man starting, well, from 104 to 105, talking about God's covenant with man starting from Adam and going through different times. And uh, in verse 17, we get to Joseph. And notice what it said here. And he sent a man before them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave, They hurt his feet with fetters. He was laid in irons until, everybody say until. Until the time, the appointed time. Write the vision. It will come to pass if you write it down and you make it your own. Until, until the time that his word or his vision or his dream came to pass. Now now watch the last part of verse 19. Everybody look at that. The word of the Lord tested him. That word test is try. The word of the Lord tested him. Now, Keep your, don't, don't move there. Just don't, you don't need to go look at this verse. You can go and look at it later, but it's James 1. <clears throat> and it says in James 1, <clears throat> Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted or tried, I'm tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt any man with evil at all. Now, notice, go go back to that uh, Psalm 105, the the verse we had, Psalm 105. And, And I want you to look at this verse 19 again. What tested Jacob? I mean, Joseph? I know he had a J in there. Um, what, what tested Joseph? The Word. Now, think about this. Let's just take one verse of Scripture. The Bible says we walk by faith and not by what we see. True? So, I walk by faith and not by what I see. God never lies, so that verse of Scripture is truth, and that cannot change. We walk by faith and not by sight. So, are you tempted to walk and be moved by what you see and hear by your five physical senses? Are you tempted to be moved that way instead of walking by faith? Are you? Yes? Everybody is. I don't care who you are. But what will happen is, is that 
the word will try you in those times. It will test you, the word will, to see what you're going to do. And what this passage says and what the story about Joseph says is this. At 16, he's given this dream and this vision, but the dream and the vision in his life and in your and my life is for an appointed time. And he shares it with his brothers. They get angry. They sell him into slavery. He gets thrown in a pit and they sell him into slavery. And for a number of years, he finds himself in a really bad place. But by the time Joseph's 31, he's gone from the pit to the prison to the palace to number two in the world. That was God's plan for him. God had a plan for his life, and that was the plan. But for 15 years, it looked like the plan wasn't going to happen. And what did Joseph do? He did what God said do in Habakkuk 2. He wrote the vision in his heart. And when Joseph was 21 or 22 years old, it still didn't look like things were happening. Things were getting a little bit better, but when he went into Potiphar's house and Potiphar's wife went ballistic, he gets thrown back in the prison and there's statements in Scripture that said that Joseph said a number of things. God, what did I do wrong? What's wrong? Why are things not changing? Why am I back here? What's going on? He was questioning it, but he never forgot what was singed in his heart. The vision was written there. But at 25, he was closer than he had ever been in his life to the fulfillment of the vision. Why? Only one reason. Only one reason. He didn't quit. When my wife and I started out in in our, when we were married, Early on, we had a number of different friends, a lot of people. We were all excited. I'd been born again just a couple of years when we got married. And, and we, we met a lot of people. We had a lot of different friends and people that, that, that we were growing together. We were having kids together and all those kind of things. But as time went on, a lot of the pressure and the things of life began to pick people off one by one. And uh, today... A lot of those people that started strong, they're not in it today. And the only reason that we are and a lot of them aren't, only one reason. We just didn't quit. How many opportunities have we had in the last 38, 39 years to quit? I can't can't even count. Opportunity after opportunity to quit. Thoughts and stuff that that bombard your mind and want to tell you that it's not worth it, it's not working. God, what's going on? It's not working. Things are not happening. But we walk by faith and not by what we see. And what should happen is no matter what comes, that should get stronger and stronger and stronger in your life as you go to the place that it doesn't matter what things look like. It doesn't matter what it looks like. You know because it's written on your heart God is greater. And what he's promised he is able to come through on that every single time. Everybody say always. Not just some of the time but all the time. Can you say amen to that? Um. In Luke, eight, in Luke chapter 8, and there's, there's, three, there's three passages in the gospel that talk about the parable of the sower. I think it's Mark 4, Matthew 13, and then here in Luke 8. But I just want to look at something 
uh, for a moment <clears throat> that talks about what we have to do individually in our, in our own personal lives, what we have to do to be able to be stronger today than we were 10 years ago. To be stronger 10 years from now than we are today. Farther along in our walk with God as the years go by. Caleb made the statement, I'm stronger at 85 than I was at 45. What he was talking about, whether he was physically that, probably was. Whether he was physically stronger at 85 than he was at 45, he was stronger in who he knew he was. What he declared as a young man, when the spies went out and he and he, they all, all 12 of them came back, what he, what he declared to the people about how big God was, no matter what the giants looked like in the land, that statement continued on in his life and he never quit. Where everybody around him, it seemed like, was quitting and throwing in the towel and becoming discouraged because they didn't remain in a place of faith. And there's reasons why. Today in our walk with God, there's reasons why. So in Luke 8, look at this for just a moment. It's the parable of the sower. And let's just, just for the sake of time, let's just look at verse 11. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. And, those by, and, and we know that the soils have to do with the condition of people's hearts. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved and but the ones on the rock, or the stony ground, one of the, one of the versions says stony ground, the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy, and have no root, who believe for a while, and in time of what? Temptation, or trials, or tests, they do what? They quit. They fall away. They stop. Because, because things get heated up, and, and, and the pressure gets gets tough the problem is in the midst of those times there's no root the problem is there's no root there's no connection to the word what joseph had was the word in his heart he kept it he didn't necessarily have a pen and paper that he had everything written down i'm sure he did but it wasn't that it was insinged in his heart through the years, there were things that he had to learn. The Word will try you to teach you and reveal to you what you think you know that you don't really know the way you need to know it. That's the way the Word of God tests you and tries you. Not God saying, eh, you know, I'm going I'm to kick him in the head and I'm going to push him over a cliff and I'm going to have some car run over his child and, and I'm, we'll, we'll just see how tough he is. That's not God's nature. He didn't do things like that. It's the Word that tries us, that tests us. And in these type of situations, what, what I, I was thinking about this the other day. Um, I was working on one of my daughter's cars. Just something needed to be done to it. I had to take it and get it worked on or whatever. And, and uh, there was a light that came on in the car. I was thinking about these warning signs and things. And, and as I was driving, I had to take it to San Antonio. When I was driving back from San Antonio, I was thinking, you know, there are two gauges that are really important to a car. Probably all the gauges, you know, whatever you want to call them. I mean, they're, you know, in, in my days of growing up, it, it, the gauges were one way, and today they're totally different, right? But... Um, there are two that are really important, and it's, the, it's where the fuel is. Huh? That's really important, especially when you're driving down the highway, and if it's on E, you know, it can be really important. And the other is what? The temperature gauge. The temperature gauge. And I thought about this tonight, even tonight as I, as I, as I was going over this. The word is fuel. 
we think we need fuel. I mean, people think, well, you know, we've got to eat food, you know, three squares a day. We've got to have that and then snacks in between. So everybody's really concerned about the food we eat, and it's important. You eat the right stuff. But what's really important is that we're fueled with the Word. Because you get low on the Word, there's nothing to empower you to make quality choices when in the natural everything's screaming at you saying so many other things. I shared with you last Wednesday night, there are three things that my wife and I that we have, we have purposed to do and never back off of. Three things with, where God's word is concerned. And that is number one, we have kept ourselves in a place where we hear the word all the time. We listen to the word. We listen to preaching all the time. And I'm not talking about just listening to any kind of preaching. You need preaching that's going to build you up. It's going to challenge you. It's going to take you to the core of your life and, and give you things that you think you, you thought you had but you really didn't have. The second thing is we've got to take the word that we're listening to and do something with it. And for us, it's confessing and declaring what God says about me in his word. I can tell you that you're great and you're great and you're great, and if you think you're a worm, at the end of the day, you're going to believe what you think over what I say. If you're not changing the way you think about yourself by what you say, you'll stay the same. As a man thinks, so is he. And that's just true. And the third thing is, believing that what we say is going to come to pass. Now see, that's the way God thinks. He operates that way. You've got to understand it. You, you, you have to work that thought process out. It's not a confession trying to get something to happen you confess the word to change the way you think and then by faith we call those things that be not as though they were when we really believe it Joseph began to see things about himself and saw things that made changes in his environment because he believed in God amen and and the favor of God was so on him that everything that he did turned to gold. It just did because the favor of God was on his life because he never forgot God. And the only way you can know God is through his word. But the word has to become a part of you and you've got to work that out in your life. You've got to work out what that looks like. Not just the way the next person does it all the time, but gleaning from people in the way they do it and then making it your own. When the word of God is insinged in your heart, it's a win-win. You know what? This is a really good thought. This is a great thought. The devil and every demon, demons have never multiplied. So the third that got kicked out of heaven is the same third. Population's growing. Man, they're running around with their tongues hanging out. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they're, they're trying to work people over all the time. They're running around with their tongues hanging out. I mean, they are wore out. Same third. But the devil and all his cohorts, all of their master plan assigned to one individual cannot defeat that individual unless they quit. That's a good thought. That's a good thought. Everything they have to throw at you will not defeat you if you don't quit. Why? Because the devil is defeated. <laughs> he's trying to lie to people to get them to look at things in the natural. And, he, and what he's saying is, see, you thought God would do that. And see, look, look at this, look at this, look at this, look at this. Look, always look, look, look over here. When God is saying, get your eyes off of that and look at my word and look at me through my word and empower yourself to overcome. Because at the end of the day, listen, God's already done it all. I've got to get my, myself in a position to be on the receiving end of everything that God has done for me and what he is doing in me so that he can do it through me. Because life isn't just about me. Right? Life isn't just about you. It's all the other people that are connected to you that need you to believe in God the way I'm talking about tonight we got to believe this stuff. The world is waiting on the church to be who we were created to be. Mm, mm, mm. So, if you've got some soil issues and you want to quit, 
The answer to that is don't. Amen? Be aware of the gauges. And when the temperature and the pressure gets tough and it gets hot and things get stirred up, do what you have to do through the word to begin to make those changes. Because I promise you, no matter how hot it gets, if you're driving a car, Randy knows cars, if you're driving the car, just because the temperature goes up in the car doesn't mean the car's ruined unless you don't pull over and make some changes. But if you'll pull over, it'd be fine. If not, you keep driving it, I don't care. Boom, it'll just lock up. Boom, done. Take it to the junkyard, sell it to them for 500 bucks. That's it. Done. And you know what? That's what happens with us. It gets hot. We don't want to make the changes. We don't want to go to the Word. We don't want to deal with things and work it out within ourselves. Hmm? Want to blame everybody else? Well, if they hadn't have done this and this person and that and, you know, no, 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 no. What are you going to do? I tell you what. I mean, you've probably heard me say this a number of times, not this, this point, but I've said, <laughs> if there's one thing, <laughs> so I'm saying it again, if there's one thing, if there's one thing that I have learned, and it's this, I will always be upset and stirred up about something if I let any human being on planet Earth affect my decisions. I don't care who it is. My wife, I don't care who it is. I'm not saying if my wife has issues or there's things going on, we've got to work those things through. But we got the power of the word to do it. You see? But I can't let one human being affect the way that I make decisions because my decisions have to be made through the word. That's why I've got to hear the word. I've got to be in a place where the confession of the word has become a routine that develops my understanding of God and my desire to live more for God than I ever have before. Has to. It has to do that for me. It has to do it for you. We, we can't live and exist on this planet and accomplish the things that God created for us to accomplish before the foundation of the world without his word Revealing to us and showing us everything that we're to do. I used to think that, man, you know, I'll let God show me some things, but there's some things, you know, he gave me a brain for. Well, some of those things that you're trying to figure out with your brain, you're probably trying to figure it out with the part of your brain that's fried. Anyway. Amen? Well, whatever. So... Um, So in, in, so remember this tonight. I got, I got three other points I want to make as I bring this to a close. <laughs> three points to a close. Okay. Watch this. Um, look at Romans 15. Romans 15 and verse 13. Let's look at this together. This is a great verse of scripture. Man, I really like this verse. Now may the God of hope, the God of hope, fill you with all joy and peace in what? Okay, whose, whose responsibility is to believe? Right? It's yours. It's mine. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you're developing your belief system. That you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, is the enemy after your joy and peace? <laughs> Absolutely. He wants you stirred up and turned upside down and frustrated and mad at the world, robbing you of this joy and peace when the God of hope 
wants to fill you with more and more and more. So if I stay with him and what he wants out of me and what he's doing and I stay focused on him, then I continually get filled with peace and joy. Peace and joy. Peace and joy to overflowing. And the more peace and joy I have, the more ability I have to hear God because it's coming from the Holy Ghost, it says. The Holy Ghost is in our lives. The Holy Spirit is here to reveal to us the will of the Father, which empowers us to live a life of faith. But remember, faith is not a rush. Faith is a rest. I didn't say go lay down and rest. Rest is active. Be calm. Know who you are. Live in this assurance of what he's done. Listen, how many in here in, at different times in your life you've been healed in your body? In, in a situation. He healed you 2,000 years ago, but we received healing in our bodies. Lift your hand again. How, how many people have received healing? Okay, look. Every, I mean, just about everybody in the house has received healing. When I first started out, there were times when, I mean, I'm talking about in two or three hours, symptoms gone. Other times, like when my children were little, you know, attacks would come against their body. And I mean, like just in short periods of time where, where something would come in an area, you know, some type flu or whatever, and it would come and we would pray against it. Sometimes people would have it for weeks and weeks and even several months. And I mean, so there have been I, not just once, but a number of different times when we prayed and manifestation came within a number of days. Like in two or three days, it was manifested. We've seen financial miracles and freedom from debt and things that have happened through the years. We've seen oppressive type things that liberated from, from that time and time again. But uh, there's been other times when, man, I was believing God for something that took a whole year. And other times I was believing God for something and it took, I mean, I've been doing this for a while and it took like five years. And then there's been a couple things that took longer than that. And there's some things that I've believed God for for 30 years and I still haven't seen yet. Does that change God? No. We're in this to believe. We're working on this belief system in us that has faith in God that will not be moved by anything that comes. I don't, I don't, I don't care what it is. That will not be moved by anything. Not anything. That will not be moved by anything that anybody says or does. You think, yeah, but, you know, Pastor, you don't know what those people did. No, but he does. Yeah. You don't know what's been done to me. You know, most of the things that I thought people did to me, when I really came to revelation about it through God, it really wasn't as bad as I thought it was. Because I was all about myself. <laughs> God. I mean, crying over what someone else had done. And you know what God showed me time and time again? You have no control over what they do. Zero. No control. What you can control is what you do and how you respond. That's my responsibility. And I don't know about you, but I, I have, I've read that what I'm supposed to be doing is loving. And I can prophesy and I can preach and I can lay hands on the sick and I can do all these things and I can walk on a bed of coals and I can all this stuff and it look like I'm all this great guy. But if you have not love, it says about three things there. You're nothing, you're nothing, and you're nothing. Doesn't matter. I don't care how much money you have. I don't care how much money you don't have. I don't care how big a house you live in. I don't care how small of a house you live in. It doesn't matter about anything in life. What matters is, what are you doing with the Word? What am I doing with the Word? And when pressure comes and there's no root, 
Look out. I got to be developing that root. I got to get it strong in me. I got to have that thing written on the tablet of my heart. The word of God is true. God, it may not be in a week. It may not be in a month. It may not be in a year. It may not be in five years or 10 years. But if God said it, it will come to pass. And when the devil comes to you and say, yeah, but, yeah, but. You remember so-and-so, man, they stood and they got it. You worthless piece of whatever. Huh? Yeah, you remember that? Remember that situation? So-and-so, they got that, and, and man, I mean, they were strong, and it looked like it worked. But look at you. Uh-uh. I don't care what the devil says. You know what my answer to that is? I don't care if it's a year or two or three or whatever. For Joseph, it was 15, Right? For Abraham, it was 25, right? I mean, everybody in the Bible, it was at least 12. <laughs> everybody. Why? Because this is a journey, and there's things we've got to learn along the way, and we've got to pick it up. And if you don't pick it up, all that happens is you just prolong the manifestation because the Word will try you, and if you don't pass the test, you've got to do it again. Back around the mountain. But you know what, that's, that's a protective thing because a lot of times things you're believing God for, if you got it before your heart was ready, man, it'd destroy you. Literally, it would destroy you. Matthew 13, and I'll end with this. Matthew 13 and verse 31. verse 31 another parable he put forth to them saying the kingdom of heaven and that's what you and I are building we're we're building the kingdom of God on the earth right God is building his church we're building his kingdom and he's building his church with kingdom minded people who are building the kingdom And this is the way the kingdom thinks. Watch. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which when a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all the seeds, but when it's grown, it's greater than the herbs. And it becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and nest in its branches. So the kingdom of God is about the least and the greatest. Hmm? This is bad English, but it's about the weakest and the strongest. It's about the poorest and the wealthiest. Factor in whatever you want to, however you want to address that in your life. That's the kingdom of God. But the kingdom of God is compared to a man that has a seed and he plants it. What is that little bitty mustard seed? What's already programmed into that little bitty mustard seed? Grow. Grow. And I like it like this. I will become. That's all it knows. If it gets planted where all there is is rock, it won't take root. Your and my responsibility is to make sure that the soil is cultivated in our hearts on a day-to-day basis so that the word creates the root so when the seed goes in the ground, six months, you see, that, you see any result of that seed? Absolutely not. I don't know. I don't know the process of a mustard seed turning into a tree because it's literally a tree. You ever seen you ever seen a mustard tree, a seed that turns into that tree? It's massive. I mean they're massive. And all that thing knows to do is to become that big tree. But I'll tell you this also. There are times in my life when I felt like that little bitty 
stupid seat. You ever see any birds fly around a seed and, and get shade from it? Absolutely not. You almost look like you're useless. What are the thoughts that come to your mind when you feel like that seed? It's not worth it. Might as well quit. And if you don't plant it, you should. Or you will. Not you should, but you will. But when you plant it, Paul said somewhere in 1 Corinthians, I think 3, he said, one plants and one waters. But God brings the increase. You know why? Because the increase is already in the seed. It just has to be planted and watered and developed. And all that seed knows is to become. And you know what? I'll just use myself for an example. And you know, it really doesn't matter. Um, I mean, I, I don't think most of you would think otherwise. Most of you that are sitting here, I, I don't think you'd think otherwise. But um, in 40 years of salvation, I was born again when I was two. And uh, so for the last 40 years, um, but in 40 years of salvation, I've been through a lot of stuff, had a lot of difficult times, wanted to quit time and time and time again. But today, I even kind of look like a tree. <clears throat> right? I look like a kind of a full-grown tree. But all the time, people don't even know it, but they fly into my branches. I'm just talking about myself, and you, you should be in the same place. But if you're not, you'll, you'll get there if you don't quit. And if you continue to develop your life and your heart with the Word of God. If you think you don't need the Word of God, there's where you crumble. And that's where there's no deliverance in life. We all need to be delivered of many different things at different times. Because we started our life with baggage and crap and stuff and things have happened over the years and you, 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 you get baggage and you need to be delivered. Everybody does. But you'll never be delivered and set free without the Word working in you. And today, after 40 years, people can fly and feel better being around me than worse. I'm not perfect. I didn't say that and even, not, not even for a second. But I believe people like what they sense, and what they sense is not me. What they sense is what has been tried in me by the Word of God. And there's a lot of things I didn't pass the test at different times, but you know what? We get to come back, and it's open book. Hmm? There's no trick questions with God. It's all open book. And we get to retake and retake and retake until we pass. And the deal is, I've passed every test. Not the first time. Sometimes not the second. Sometimes not the third or the fifth or the tenth or the twelfth. But I've passed every one of them. You know why? Because I keep coming back for more and I keep coming back and I keep coming back because of what I believe. And your and my life was meant to be that tree. That's the kingdom. The next verse in verse 33 talks about the, the, the leaven. What's it talking about in the dough? If you've ever cooked homemade bread and you put yeast in the bread, you don't see that yeast working. You don't see it working, but man, it starts working. You stick it, open the oven door, you stick the bread out there, you let it rise, and it starts rising, and it's doing its thing. But how? You don't know. People don't know. They, they don't understand that. They don't see it working, but it works. Amen? And that's the kingdom of God. It's all internal. You want external miracles and manifestations? There has to be internal growth. There has to be internal development 
that we stay with on a day-to-day basis. Tonight, just as we end and as we leave tonight, I, I want you to everybody just close your eyes just for, just for a moment. It's good sometimes to close our eyes and not focus on everything else around us. Just think about what I'm going to say right now. <clears throat> If there's anything in your life tonight at all, I don't care what it is, whether it be a physical ailment, a financial situation, an emotional thing, I don't don't care what it is. No matter what that is, that thing that wants to hound you or hold on to you is not bigger than God. But what's not bigger than God for you is the word working in other words that situation or whatever it is that tries to hold on to you will only leave not because God is bigger but because his word is more real to you than the thing that you face and tonight father in this house I declare you're the greater one you live on on the inside of every person in here if they're born of the Spirit of God. And I thank you, Lord, that your word is working mightily on the inside of them. Each and every one of us in this house, that your word is working in a mighty way inside of us. Working and, 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 and transforming and liberating us and making us what you created us to be. I thank you, Father, that today is the first day of the rest of our life to live in your kingdom and to experience and to receive everything that you have for us. I believe that for every person in the house tonight, and we give you all the praise. And everybody said amen, and amen, and amen. Awesome.